Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hitty coming live from Orange did, County. Did we just get zoomed in again? California? No. No. <laughs> you look like you take up more of the screen than me. Well, I don't know how that is. Well, it, it's possible because I've, I've lost fat, but I've gained muscle. There you go. You're so looking pretty buff. My, my shoulders are... Yeah, something happened. We definitely are zoomed in. We right? Got, we got I told big you. Faces. <laughs> Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hetty coming to you live from Orange County, California, as I said earlier. And um, it has been a few days. A few days slipped away. Why? You know, because we had a conference. Yes. At uh, the church. Oh, no. First you, you went skiing. Oh, then I went snow. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yes. Took the kids snow skiing. So we were there all day. And by the time I got home, I was a bit tuckered out. Yes. Because I left the house like at what time? Four o'clock? Yes. Something like that? Yes. So that's my excuse. That's our excuse. Um, and then a, a, a cheerleading competition. Yes. First runner up. Yay! First runner up. That's awesome. It's always better to say second place as first runner up. I like first runner up. I do too. Second place. Me too. Yeah. It's got a one in it. First. <laughs> right. And so we're excited to be back with you. It, does, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Usually it sometimes it feels like we haven't been on for a while. But it. it I was both... I mean, I was surprised. Were you surprised? That yes. Been that many days. Yes. So we're sorry, but um, we uh, I'll be talking about the Love Life Conference over at Calvary Chapel Hills just a little bit. It was awesome. Great speakers. But we'll get to that at the end. But uh, that um, uh, gosh, blew me away with um, the speakers and the content and some of the things that are going to pertain to this particular devotional. Great. I think it's uh, I think it fits perfectly. All right. So we're uh, in Smith Wigglesworth devotional. For January 31st, and the title is A Living Epistle. <clears throat> Some people might want to say a pistol because there's a T in there. Yes, I <laughs> But it's not. A Living Epistle. Uh, the reference is 2 Corinthians 3, 2 through 3, and it says, uh, You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by mm. all men. Clearly, clearly, you are an epistle of Christ. And I want to be a pistol of Christ. We are. All right. We are. I don't know what, what I was thinking. Um, all right. The scripture reading is Matthew 8, 14 through 27. And Smith says, every believer should be a living epistle of the word. See? One who is read and known by all. Your very presence should bring such a witness of the spirit that everyone with whom you come in contact will know that you are a sent one a light in the world, a manifestation of Christ, a biblical Christian. Jesus' disciples had to learn that whatever he said must come to pass. Jesus said, very slowly and thoughtfully, I believe the following, and this is from Luke twenty-two ten through 11. Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you, sh then you shall say, to the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Beloved, let me say this. There was no person in Palestine who had ever seen a man, <laughs> a man bearing a pitcher of water. It is a, an unknown thing. Therefore, we find Jesus beginning with a prophecy that brought that inward knowledge to them that what he said must come to pass. This is the secret of the master's life, prophecy that never failed. There is no power that can change the word of God. 
Jesus was working out this great thought in the hearts, in the hearts of his disciples so that they might know that what he said would come to pass. After Jesus had given the wonderful command to Peter and John, those disciples were walking into the city, no doubt in deep meditation, when suddenly they cried out in amazement, look, there he is, just as the master has said. Wow, imagine that. (laughs) When I was in Jerusalem, and I think this is Smith talking, when I was in Jerusalem, I was preaching on Mount Olivet. Wow, I said that weird. Olivet or Olivet? Olivet. Olivet. And as I looked down to my right, I saw where the two ways met, where the donkey was tied. I could see the Dead Sea. And while I was preaching, I saw at least 150 women going down with pitchers and then carrying them back on their heads, full of water. But I did not see one man. However, Jesus said that it, would ha- that it had to be a man. And so it was, for no one could change his word. Some have said to me, that he had it all arranged for a man to carry a pitcher of water. I want to tell you that God does not have to arrange with mortals to carry out his plans. God has the power to hear the cry of some poor needy child of his who may be suffering in England, Africa, China, or anywhere else, saying, Oh God, you know my need. And in New York, Germany, California, or some other place, there is a disciple of his on his knees. And the Lord will say to him, Send help to that brother or sister, and do not delay. And the help comes. He did not need to arrange for a man to help him out by carrying a pitcher of water. He works according to his word. And Jesus said to a man, to a man, said a man would carry water. What did those disciples do as they saw the man? Did they go forward to meet him? No, they waited for the man. And when he came up, they probably walked alongside of him without a word until he was about to enter the house. Then I can hear one saying to him, please, sir, the master wants the guest chamber. The guest chamber? Why? I was preparing it all day yesterday, but did not know whom it was for. With man, things are impossible, but God is the unfolder of the mysteries of life and holds the universe in the hollow of his hand. What we need to know now is that the Lord, thy God in the midst of thy is mighty, and he works according to his word. Thought for today. We need a faith that leaps into the will of God and says, amen. Amen. Wow. Did you narrow down because you said you had a lot of thoughts through this devotional? Well, okay. I could start with this one. That uh, Jesus... Okay, so this is the secret of the master's life, prophecy that never fails. There's no power that can change the word of God. Mm -hmm. So now we don't have Jesus that walks among us, but we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. So when Jesus wants to give us a command, the Holy Spirit prompts us to do things. And I really have been blessed by watching that happen in my life Mm -hmm. um, since coming to Christ, where he will tell me to give money to somebody, do something. I have no explanation why. I have no context whatsoever. But once I do, um, the person's like, oh, wow, you don't know how much I needed that. I've been praying for that. I'm on my last $5. Like, I mean, time and time again of knowing that when you know it's not your thought, you mean you're like going about your business and, and the Holy Spirit says something to you that his will must come to pass. And 
what a blessing to be part of that experience, to be one that hears mm -hmm. and to have somebody on the other end that had their prayer answered. So I, um, I love this because it's even prophecy that happens in our daily life. So that is um, the first thing that occurred to me. And then all of it is just the miraculous power of Christ uh, in us. And I'll talk a little bit more about that after you go. Oh, <laughs> really? You, yes. So I was at the, uh, we were at the Love Life um, California Conference. Yes. Love Life uh, is an organization that um, does work in the pro-life um, area. Yes. Between sidewalk evangel evangelism, right? Yes. They call it something else. Sidewalk preaching. Sidewalk preaching. Um, and then, but they also uh, want to give the, the women and, and sometimes the men who are maybe with them uh, options to help them. Yes. Uh, to supporting them. Say, well, yeah, I'm going to save this baby, but then what? Right. Right. And so they, there's, they're, they're also want to be part of the, and then what? Right. Providing resources <laughs> yes. for the expectant Whether mothers. Whether they want to put the child up for adoption or keep the child and, and make sure that they give them the resources to be successful in either one. Right. So that it's awesome. Know, not difficult. And um, it's grown. It, it was a, a guy that he was a business owner. He was an entrepreneur. And uh, he just he went to a, an, a, a, a helped one of his friends at an abortion clinic type thing. And he, I, he just got struck by it. struck by, you know, the Holy Spirit hit him and said, I got to do more. Aww. There's not enough being done. And he created this organization. So there's a little bit more to it. But the one thing that kept that I, that I was hearing, what I loved is that they, it wasn't, you know, let me see, let me go back. So when I, when I think about Glenn, who is your friend who goes out and does the very same thing, he doesn't do it necessarily always at, but often, offense, it, often it does it at the beach, at the, at the but he's trying to, it, but, but I'm not saying he's doing it wrong. I'm just saying there's always this feeling I get that what we're trying to tell people is that what a sin it is to abort a child, to kill a child, to murder a child, that it, that's a sin. The, the difference with love life though, was that they said, we want to, we want to show these women the glory of God and the love of Jesus Christ. That it, That's the message. Sure. That we don't want to come at them as, as like, wow, you're about ready to kill somebody <laughs> and you're going to be, you're going to go to hell and die in flames and whatever. It's a completely different message. Yes. Right. And we can talk about that. Same it, with apologetics to Muslims. Yeah. I, a lot of people believe that you got to tell them they're going to hell and yep. they were not going to be saved unless they accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Or you can go with a message of love and Jesus loves you and God loves you. And so what I was thinking about when in this portion here where he says um, that uh, and in New York, uh, in, in New York, Germany, California, or some other place, there is a disciple on his knees, a disciple of his being Jesus on his knees. And the Lord will say to him, send help yes. to that brother or sister and do not delay. And the stories that each one of the speakers had or um when we were out on the on the grassy area with the people talking and that these they're they're in need of help that yes. they think the only it's like people that want to commit suicide right they think the only solution is to end a life where it's theirs or the child that there's no other solution but it really is a cry that they're on their knees crying for 
something else. No, that's beautiful. And they may or may not know it. Right. Themselves. And, and, and putting, putting these people, putting the love life you know, evangelists or whatever you want to call them, supporters or people, volunteers on the sidewalks out there saying, letting the, the person know we're, we're here. Yes. And we want to tell you about Jesus that you don't, you don't you have no idea that they could be that, that person on their knees that just needs that at that time. Absolutely. And Jesus sent them at that moment. And the, the great story that was told on the, on the grass where, where I talk called the grass, it was outside of, it's normally the overflow. Yeah. The pavilion, area, the pavilion at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And so there was a breakout session out there where you sit outside and there was uh, a man and a woman who were speaking about their experience and um, uh, of being in front of an abortion center. And the one story was that uh, the, the boyfriend and girlfriend were laying in bed. She's pregnant. She's getting they, on that day. They're going to go for their first visit to have an abortion. And she opens up her night, uh, open up her, opens up her eyes and looks at the curtains that are kind of waving back and forth and sees a woman's face. And then she's like going, wait, no, you're the dude. I'm the girl. Uh-huh. I see a woman's face. And he, she goes, Hey, Hey boyfriend, what do you see? And he says, I see a skeleton. Yes. I see like uh, just a ske- skull, like the skull of death. And she's going, no, I see a, a woman. And so they kind of shook it off. And then they start going to the abortion clinic and love life. People are out there and there's a woman saying, Jesus loves you. And, you know, I just want to talk to you. Will you just come and talk to me? And the girl stops and looks at the woman and said, "Amen." I saw your face this morning when I woke up in my curtains. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's this, um, but I, that's that whole, somebody that whole, praying and there's yes, somebody answering. This whole thing brings me back to all of that. that this, this is, and, and it brings me back to how I felt. After the event, when they had us, you know, fill out a form for, you know, hey, I want to be connected and contacted about what I can do next. And it makes me feel like that that's, that's what God was calling me to do, to fill out that form, to be, be there, be an epistle. Sounds funny. <laughs> I want to get a t-shirt that says, I'm an epistle. Um, and, um, and, and be that person. That's beautiful. That maybe can do that. I know. I, I I'm I just got nervous just saying that out loud. Oh. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's right there. It's just, he's, he's telling me again. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me again through this devotional. That's that so that's beautiful. That, that I we need to do. And we've been saying that for a long uh, time no. about street preaching. <laughs> Whoever's Our, watching, I've yeah. heard you say that ten times. <laughs> Go out there and do it, folks. <laughs> All right. What's your other point that you got? Well, my article this week is on Barry Go, uh, Goodwin, the fanatic, the uh, Christian rap artist that has now denounced Christianity and walked away from Christ. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people commenting. But I took uh, uh, my frame of reference is I can understand church hurt. I can understand struggling with scripture, but I cannot understand walking away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when you read stories like this and I'm sure his own life, he was preaching and teaching for 30 years. I am positive. He saw the miraculous in his own life and in the lives of others, but his intellectual curiosity led him to walk away from his savior. Hmm. And that's tragic. It's absolutely tragic to me that uh, something that you struggle with emotionally, mentally, intellectually, 
can lead you to walk away from the simple gospel truth that we are wretched sinners saved by grace. God sends his son wrapped in flesh um, to pay the price for our sins so we could be redeemed. It's a simple message of the entire uh, gospel that somebody would reject that because they don't understand the hermeneutics behind the Latin and the Greek and the English and the translations and how they've been interpreted. And one scholar says that and one scholar says it. I'm like, bro, put all that aside. (laughs) (laughs) Put all that aside for a second. I don't mean to be ignorant about scripture, but how do you walk away from being an epistle of Christ? So you're saying that the, the, the main crux of being a Christian is very clear. And then but you have all these other things. things that are happening around that are pulling you, that the enemy fills in your head, whatever the temptation may be. Mm-hmm. Some people are tempted by committing adultery and then they're shamed and then they walk away from Christ. Some people lose. Uh, Satan gets them with death. Some people lose money. Some people lose family members. Then they walk away from God. Like whatever the struggle is to pull us away from the very simple reality that you are a sinner saved by grace and your eternity is at stake. Mm. Like why would you sacrifice all of that because of what shiny object you see over here or whatever struggle that really has got the depths of your soul wretched and in trauma, but you walk away from your Lord and Savior. Well, sometimes when you get into that, it could be the industry. That he's sure. That there's so many woke people that are saying, how can you believe what's in the Bible when it says there's only a man and a woman? I'm not sure. saying that's his thing. I'm we just have saying, no idea. He hasn't. But, but you'd be bombarded by stuff like that. Absolutely. Say, how dare you? If you say anything positive about police, they will they will try to cancel you. How right. dare talk positively about police? Um, but uh, but I, I, for me, it just seems like that's probably one issue that he's having to deal with. Yeah, he didn't explain. Yeah. He just said he had issues with the scripture. Hmm. Wow. So, and I even mentioned in there, I'm like, I am a self-taught Christian. He has gone to Bible college and seminary. I will leave the intellectual debate to the scholars, but I just, I just worry about his eternal (laughs) salvation and the, the thought of somebody wandering the world. Cause I wandered the earth lost dazed and confused and i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy you wandered your belinda when we first moved here because you couldn't find our house but i wasn't dazed and confused <laughs> at least i had jesus christ in my heart i may have been geographically confused but i wasn't spiritually confused <laughs> um oh shoot now because I, I, I took myself off of the thought oh man oh um Seminary. Um, it, 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 when you say seminary, now I always think about you telling me that Jack said, told you, no, don't, <laughs> go, to, don't go to seminary. It'll ruin you. It'll ruin you. <laughs> so I think for that, that a his, lot of people. That was his mistake. Yeah. I, and I mean, he went, he, he describes that he went to seminary because he was going into secular mm-hmm. school and he wanted to master apologetics to respond to the secular audience he was about to go mm-hmm. teach. Well, you don't have to go to seminary to, to learn apologetics. Well, but he wanted yeah. he wanted to perfect it, and he I think wanted a a teaching uh, position that would have demanded a um, advanced degree. All right, then let's get to the scripture really quick. We got Second Corinthians three. Yes. Three. So there's a little. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians, and he says, "You are." 
our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men, like the manifestation of Christ. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. And the next one is the scripture reading for the day. And it's when uh, first uh, Jesus goes to heal Peter's mother-in-law. And now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by a prophet Isaiah saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. And a certain scribe came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have the air and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. <laughs> now, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose at the sea and the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Then the disciples came and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But he said to them, why are you so fearful, you of little faith? And he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? That's so cool. Hey, um, before you go to the next one, when he talks about uh, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead, he's talking about the people that are alive, but they're not born again. Exactly. Look at that. They're the walking dead. Man, I'm getting good. so good at this stuff. Look at you. So he wasn't talking about zombies burying zombies. No. He was talking about the living who are not, uh, do not believe in God. Right. So cool. All right. Now, let me try this. This is a book that I did not know existed until just now. <laughs> Zephaniah. Yes. 317. Wow. The Lord, your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Hmm. Amen. I hope God Zephaniah. rejoices over us. Is that Old, Old Testament? Or New Testament? Old Testament. Is it really? I'm sure that I read it or heard that some. I, I'm imagining it's not, a, it's not often quoted. Yeah. Scripture. I have to look it up. I won't ask you about it. You know anything about Zephaniah? <laughs> he was a prophet. Okay, cool. Uh, I can't give you a whole bio though. All right. Hey, whoever's watching, make sure you comment. Let us know what you are uh, thinking about this devotional, and uh, if anything comes to you. Yeah. If you any of you have heard the story of fanatic two leaving Jesus, if you have any comment uh on that too yeah it's been it's really it's been at me for a week now and i struggled about writing the article as i told you i was really worried i felt like it wasn't my place and i didn't have the requisite knowledge to respond even though he didn't articulate exactly what the reasons were but i felt kind of sheepish about it but the lord was just not let you let it go not let me let it go just i just tried to put it down and he wouldn't let me there are a couple nights in the middle of the night. You had yes. Like, I can't get this thing off of my noggin. No, I was, I wrote hand notes. I had hand notes when we were uh, doing a devotional once I had things in the middle of the night and I actually wrote a lot of it sitting at lunch, waiting for Zara's cheer. Competition.
conversation. Mm. It was like, had to get it out. Wow. Yes. The part that I, 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 you read to me, mm-hmm. sounds like that's going to be awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, I just want to talk about, you had an interview I just posted on my personal page. I want to make sure and put it on some of these other uh, locations, but uh, tell me about that interview and who that was with. Uh, it was Eat the Precious, the show is Eat called, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, Steven Malsberg, who used to be an anchor at Newsmax, don't know this situation to why he left, but it was for RT, Russian Times. And yeah, they're a really interesting paper. Like I used to do interviews for them when I did uh, counterterrorism Russian stuff Times? too. Yeah. Is it an American? Newspaper? RT. No, it's a, it's a Russian paper. Really? Yeah. But they have local anchors, local writers. Uh, they have an office in DC, as far as I know, because I was usually contacted me so they have a conservative leaning it, wow. it's conservatives it, i mean the the people they hire are conservative the articles that they write are conservative oh thank you danielle danielle said great interview. yes thank you danielle <laughs> uh and so he gave me a chance to respond to the accusations that the january 6th, 6th uh event at the capitol right at the capitol was led by angry christians mm-hmm. And so I had a chance to respond with a resoundingly, no, you can't categorize a whole group of people as just angry Christians. Some of those people may have been Christians in that audience. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that crowd, but that does not motivate. uh, That's not what motivates them to commit violence. It's not being hundreds of thousands of people there. Hundreds of thousands. And I don't know. I don't know how many went in 40, let's say 40 or 50, let's say a hundred. It's like, you right. can't see. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. I mean, they they've lost their ever living mind. Yes. Well, but that's what we unfortunately do in politics is we like to demonize a group of people mm-hmm. in order to accomplish uh, very large political goals, and that's what happened after nine eleven. It was the Muslims, mm-hmm. and the irony is that the pushback was so strong from the Muslim community and other faith and ethnic communities that there was an immense amount of hand-wringing in the U.S. government. I know I was in almost every one of those high-level meetings. Oh my God, we can't call it, we can't, we can't mention Islam. We can't mention the word Islam. I mean, when Bush mentioned Islamofascism, oh my God, he was attacked to no end. No president after him ever did um, until Trump. But we did everything humanly possible to rename this, this uh, event uh, and ended up with this phrase countering violent extremism, which nobody to this day understands even what that means, in order not to vilify a single community. And yet this administration and people who support it keep saying these are angry Christian militants. You know, these are angry white militants. Like Biden's constantly saying the whites. I was like, Dude, have you looked in the mirror recently? <laughs> like, what is it with you and the angry whites? You know, it's just, it's horrible that we're categorizing people based on the color of their skin. It's horrible. From the party who says, don't categorize people based on their color of skin. Mm. You know what I mean? Don't discriminate. Don't persecute people. Asian hate. You know, we're going to stop Asian hate. We're going to stop, you know, we're going to support Black Lives Matter. But, but vilifying an entire... See, the majority of the U.S. population goes unnoticed. It's funny. I think when uh, when Biden looks in the mirror, he thinks he's looking at another human. It's like when a dog looks in the mirror and barks at it, like "ah, what are you looking at me for?" That's like the really like you're a white man. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's not very Christian. I got that told twice that today on, on Instagram. You're not very Christian. Yeah, you're not very Christian because I voted. I was you know, we were um, 
we pushed our representatives not to um, push through the, the medical, what was the title? Universal health care. Universal health care. And well, you're not very Christian if you didn't vote, didn't want this to get passed. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't because you name called. <laughs> no. Oh, interesting. I just thought, oh, thank God, blessings uh, that, you know, this didn't go through. Um, that's not very Christian. Wow. <laughs> AB 1400. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, yeah. And again, that was not because you want people to die without health insurance is because what people didn't understand is that it would mend, it would mandate certain doctors. Like a, how many doctors would that unemploy? I mean, like an entire profession it would destroy. Yeah. And then we're forced to go to like, like as if we're living in uh, yeah. Czechoslovakia, yeah. you know, that we have to go to a mandatory doctor of their choosing. That's going to inject us with all kinds of the only thing was they poisons. Said, they said that, you know, you don't want poor people to get health care. I said, I'm pretty sure you didn't read the bill. <laughs> right. And they came back with, with something. Don't we already said, oh, have a program for poor oh people gosh. to get insurance? People can get health care. I mean, isn't that what Obamacare is? Yes. Yes. You can't not. They, uh, a hospital cannot not treat you. They can, can't refuse treatment. Can't refuse treatment. They have to treat you. No, but even, even before that, that yeah. was the whole point of Obamacare is that nobody would be denied um, health insurance. Yeah. But this was mandating certain healthcare providers. And I think it was just another ploy to pass what is now COVID and what, you know, in a year will be Race taxes. The, the, the monkey disease. Yeah. And they want us to take all these vaccines to cure us from the monkey disease. All the, the illegal aliens, uh, free healthcare. It was, it's, a, it's a mess. It's a terrible mess. Uh, <laughs> how do we get on that? What is that? I'm not speaking about the illegal immigrants getting healthcare. <laughs> I was speaking about the removal of choice for American citizens. <laughs> but I do get your point. And thank you, Danielle. Yes, AB1400. Was defeated. AB1400. Yep. Uh, was defeated. Well, it was not. Well, it was withdrawn. It was withdrawn because they weren't. They knew they were going to lose. Because of the overwhelming support from um, concerned citizens. <laughs> concerned citizens announcing that they didn't want it. Yes. They pulled it. All right. Just really quick. I want to talk about the, um, the Love Life California conference, which was this last Saturday. Um, it was amazing. Of course, Jack Hibbs was the first speaker, and he was on fire. Yes, that was a that was a. So it's a it's a personal subject for him yeah. because he's a survivor of an abortion. Uh, abortion, abortion survivor. Abortion survivor. Yes, uh, with a hanger. Mom kind of a hanger. One of the, you know, that's one wow. of the stories you hear. And you're thinking, really? People go into an alley and use a hanger? Oh yeah. Yes. That time. Sure. And, and then there was a, a doctor. What's his name? I'm sorry. I'm going to skip all the way down here at the bottom. Uh, what was his name? Oh, Odin. No. Hold on. I'll find it. Oh, Anthony Lavatino. He was a, a he's a doctor, but he um, uh, was performing abortions and he had the tools and was showing, I mean, a couple of the tools and was showing you in with using the tool, how a baby's um, pulled out of the, the woman piece by piece. Okay, put um, it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Here's their website if you are interested in um, the activities that they do. Yeah. Because it's yeah. nationwide. Yep. Seth Gruber spoke. He's an interesting speaker. 
very, very entertaining, very entertaining. <laughs> but knows the stuff. He's uh, very much into the, uh, into the pro-life uh, arena. And Dr. Dr. Levitino was amazing. If you've not heard him talk about it and how he uh, came to Christ. Are we going uh, through every one of the speakers? No, just going through oh. looking for the next one. Melissa Odin was, uh, was another, uh, Melissa and Monica just both have great stories of, um, how they were on the other side. And I, and I believe but Monica Klein actually was talking about, um, uh, sex education. You know, huh. sex education was created to help in the push to get girls to have abortions. Wow. And it's still in our uh, school system today, the, 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 the type of, a curriculum that's terrible that, uh, that gets uh, uh, young girls to get abortions early but the one that i i, I thought was uh, just knocked out of the park uh, and it's it's easy to say this but nick and i can't say his name his name's not easy to say Vujicic. Nick Vujicic. he's a he's a a man that has no arms or legs he was born with no limbs and first of all they put him on top of this gigantic table it looked like it was like his own personal stage because it's raised up about three feet off of the normal stage and he, I don't know. He jumped he, around. He moves around. I don't know how he moves around. He has one little like flipper thing and he moves around and you think he's going to fall off. And you spend, mo- I spent most of my time thinking I had to jump and catch him <laughs> because he's like six feet, seven feet up in the air and he comes right to the edge and he leans over, like oh. over the edge. But in spite of all that, his talk was just amazing. And as he was talking, I was thinking about all the people that have arms and legs who say, well, I can't get a job. I can't work. He's, he's spoken in front of presidents and he say something like a hundred something different con- leaders of countries, meaning Kings and Queens and always on abortion or some other issue. Uh, I think mostly on a Christian based discussion of some sort. And, um, but I think one of his big things is, is abortion. Uh, the thing that he said is that when they were x-raying uh, or doing the, what is it? Ultrasound. The ultrasound. That they they just, they saw a body there and they said, oh, cool. But they didn't think to look for five fingers or 10 fingers and 10 toes. What about just arms? They didn't look, <laughs> they didn't even know. Yeah, forget the 10 they fingers said, oh, and he toes. Looks, he, looks like he looks healthy. So it was a complete surprise to his mom and dad. Wow. That he came out that way. And, uh, and it's probably was because, gone. yeah, because yeah. at that time it was like 79 or something like that 78, 79 when he was they may born, have made the, different choices, made a different know. choice possibly. And I think I don't know, there's more so to the story, but the story was amazing. Um, and then uh, Kirk Cameron's there. So some of his movie and he's awesome. I love Hitler and Kirk Cameron. Uh, you know, I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. I went to one of his conferences on marriage. Oh. In another time in my life. Oh. And then it wasn't a couple months later, but hey, we got a divorce. But so he didn't. <laughs> but his he was, speech was. His speech was I thought he was awesome. Uh, <laughs> got to be in the right frame of mind. And then the guy who puts together Love Life, who is the uh, founder of Love Life, is Justin Reeder. And uh, never heard of him before. Never heard him speak before. Top notch. That's he great. Was awesome. Very good. So um, I think the recording of this particular conference is, will be available uh, I'm not sure if you're gonna have to pay for it. We had to pay. We had to. We paid forty nine dollars a person uh, to be at the conference. Um, so I don't know if they're gonna charge for the recording. Viewing, maybe. I hope they're gonna to make them available because they're they're life changing. And people should be willing to pay a couple bucks to watch it to support yep. the organization. A couple, like I would say for sure, you want to see Nick's and then Monica Klein. 
and um, uh, Jax, of course, was spectacular. But the doctor, Anthony Lamatino. So all of them. He got, he, he got, well, no, that's not all of them. That's like half. Yeah, those were good. Oh, I forgot John Emma Chukuk. He was one of those pastors. Like, oh, day, Lord, oh, Lord, Lord. That guy. That guy was good. Great. Great impression. <laughs> but he was pretty spectacular. Uh, but make sure if it becomes available, we'll let you know. Uh, because we'll probably get an email saying you can watch the replay. Um, yeah. Um, Daniel said, I heard uh, uh, Seth Gruber at a pregnancy center fundraiser. He's funny, isn't he? Yeah, he's very a, entertaining, very knowledgeable and young. He reminds me of uh, Charlie Kirk. Yeah. Very knowledgeable. He's that young. Seems to me, but if you if you don't think so, then maybe no, not. I think he's in his 30s, 35, 36s. Oh, Charlie's only younger, huh? Yeah, Charlie's think, late 20s. Yeah. I don't think Charlie's 30 yet. I don't think. But who knows? Yes. But uh, Seth is in this. It's just funny. He's really good. Um Oh, the one thing we got to see was uh, one of the success stories was the um, young black girl who um, uh, they were able to stop on the way in. And she went back four or five more times after they stopped her. Spanish, wasn't she? No, no black girl. Oh. And they had the baby there and everything. It was fantastic. Oh, And she's going cute. to school. She's going to some college. And Oh, nice. And, oh, so uh, that wasn't the one that we saw the picture of in the pavilion. Ah, okay. No, no, different. Um, but that was awesome, too. Daniel said he was very good. Spoke for an hour without notes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, same yeah, thing. There was like big long like paragraph after paragraph. And but he, you know, just like you and me, like you, you do, get a, you do yeah. one presentation long enough, you're just like, I can do this. Yeah. Give me a dog talk, and I can do. Yeah. It. I, I just want you guys to know, I sound far more intelligent when I'm talking about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing that I can't remember about dogs. I can remember stuff like, and I, I haven't spoke in like four years. And I get on the stand and they ask me a question. It's like, that's I awesome. just, I just read that's a, book. a gift. Yeah, but yeah, he is an amazing speaker that he can read word for word, like three different things that came up on the, on the uh, slides. That nice. were very long, but very good. Did you enjoy it? I did. Yeah. Very good. It was one of those mornings where you're going, oh, really? Yeah, but I paid $50 for the <laughs> ticket. I got to go. Yes. And we went and I was like, oh my gosh. And this is, so happy I went. I'm so glad you, you went. Me too. It was awesome. Anything else, my love? I think that's it. Yeah. There's got to be something. There's got to be some story. It's the late, late night show. It's 8.30. I think we did a good job. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, who else is watching with us? We see other people on there. And we just got Danielle, who is amazing. One of our fantastic supporters. And we appreciate it. But who else? Oh, as soon as I said that, they dropped off. Oh, maybe uh, they thought you'd find him. They got scared. They got us scared. Uh, let's see. How's Ray's arm? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, it's fractured from what I know. Um, and they are, they've gone to the doctors today. I didn't get the full report because Ray is with her mom. Uh, right now, I'll see Ray tomorrow. So I'll, I'll have more details tomorrow. But she will have a cast put on um, later on this week. But it's her left arm, right? It's her left arm. Great. She was like, she goes, Dad, why couldn't it have been my right arm? Oh, no, it's horrible. Sorry, <laughs> did that to her right arm. It was horrible. Uh, Ugh, you're lucky it's your left arm. She goes, yeah. no, then I have to do homework. Yeah, they still make you do the homework. <laughs> they make you dictate it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's horrible. But it looks like there's nothing 
that's like out of place or has to be reset or anything like that. It's just like a pretty clean break. Let's hope that um, she doesn't have any long-term issues with that arm. Great. But uh, we were having so much fun. And the only thing, Daniel, just one added little note that, uh, that you might find interesting or funny is that we were on a lift. We got up at the right, at the perfect time. We, I went and picked them up at the right time. The freeways and the, and the road there was perfect. And we were able to have breakfast and we got there like at eight o'clock to get the equipment. The lifts started at nine o'clock. Like it was just like clockwork. I couldn't have timed it better. And it, and then the weather was amazing. The but snow, you didn't have anything to do with the weather. I might have. Because uh, <laughs> I prayed like you told me to pray. You told yeah. me to pray. And he's, so anyway, we're on a lift like our, our third time down. And I go, man, we're, I'm sitting in the middle between the two kids. And they've got big smiles on their face. I go, oh, my gosh, this is so perfect. I mean, just everything. The weather's good. And I go, the snow, you kids, they, they've never been snow skiing before. And so I said, for skiing, the snow was the best it could be right now. It was not wet and it was not too thick where they could learn properly and learn how yeah. to stop because there was just the right amount of snow and it was just in the right consistency. And, uh, and of course, Ray, oh no, you're going to jinx it. And they go, Ray, don't say that I'm going to, you, you're saying that I'm going to jinx it, jinx it, jinxes it. And she's going, but you shouldn't have said that. And I go, oh no. And then that run, she broke her arm. Well, if you want to take it to scripture, <laughs> what some people say, what, uh, yes. what I've heard scholars say about this issue is that the, the devil can't hear our thoughts. Mm. He only has the power of suggestion and the ability to produce outcomes based on what we say out loud. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the whole notion of jinxing comes from yeah. in a Christian context. So if you don't say things out loud, there is a chance that you don't give, you don't alert the devil to how happy you are mm. about a particular set of facts. Hmm. Well, I got to say, uh, uh, Bear Mountain is where we were at, and the people couldn't have been nicer. As I came down the lift, I felt I said, I looked for the first aid, and Kelly goes, "Oh, I see it right there." And it was like, I don't know, it was right there. As soon as we got to the bottom, it was like there and to the left and to the right. Good place for and it. And then there was a guy standing there. He looked a little grubby and gruffy. And I go, "Oh," I said, um, "Is this first aid?" Because my daughter hurt her arm really bad. He goes, "Oh," and he like lightened up and said, "Yes, let me show you where to go." And he like got, he turned from this old gruffy like guy that's been on the slopes for way too long in the sun to this really nice cool dude and said nice you know we'll take care of everything don't worry about it and just we'll get her down here and we'll we'll take care of her equipment and everything because it was rental and um and then there was a, a nurse down there I guess she's a nurse she was our lady that knows first aid I don't know or she just could have been somebody walking by that knew how to take care of stuff anyway she she was very nice and took care of everything yay and then we go to the emergency room. The emergency room, again, these people have seen a hundred breaks and they go, you're, you're the, like the 10th person we've seen today that's hurt their arm. So don't yeah. feel bad. And they're, they're also nice. Are you, are you, you haven't started kneeing me yet or kicking me. I, because then you're going to say something if I do. <laughs> you and your stories, the details, the fine details that you share with our audience. I didn't tell you what I ate. I didn't, I just told you that people were, I wanted to give I them props. I already heard what you ate. <laughs> I saw pictures too. <laughs> Bear Mountain, the kindest, nicest people. Awesome. It was fantastic. So nice. I don't know their names and know anything more about them. 
The lady was married. No, I don't know anything else. All right, my friends. We love you guys. Oh, you know what? We have to show you. We have to show you a commercial. (laughs) This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I.app. E-D-I-F-I.app. Oh, well, I didn't know you liked my stories that much. <laughs> so That's much. so awesome. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, um, now I, I have more stories. <laughs> you always have more stories. <laughs> I've, been, I've been holding back, but now that I know that you love them... <laughs> The sky's Here the we limit. go, folks. The sky is the limit. All right, my friends, we love you. God bless. Have God a bless. great night. Bye.